Welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I'm your host, Taj, and today we're going to talk about heaven. Now, there's a lot of common misconceptions, and of course, there's a lot of uh, pop culture about heaven, but uh, we're going to cover everything. We're going to go over some uh, pop culture uh, references that are just totally wrong, and of course, we're going to look at the biblical uh, heaven, and then lastly, we're going to look at how we get there. And, you know, so first of all, we're going to start with what's most common. We have all these references of heaven as, all, you know, all these different things and opinions, and really, it doesn't line up with the Bible whatsoever, but let's just start with um, what we see in a lot of cartoons, a lot of movies, especially children's shows. Uh, we're going to see a lot of clouds. We're going to see winged babies flying around and all sorts of things that are, you know, just very typical that we see in paintings and art and even sculptures. But here's the thing. First of all, humans do not become angels, according to the Bible. They're very different things. It's not like a, uh, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly or a uh, a moth becoming or a caterpillar becoming a moth or something like that. They're completely different species, if you will. Um, angels, even angels, there's different types of angels, but humans do just do not become angels. That would be like saying a, a, a dog becomes a cat, you know, when it dies. That's not what happens, right? According to the Bible, angels are created beings and humans are creating beings, but they, they are completely different. It's not like, uh, we become angels. We, uh, go to heaven and we have spirits, but angels are currently in existence. And, you know, at no point does the Bible refer to people becoming angels. A lot of uh, what we'll see in Hollywood and in different things, too, or even in just jokes or just talking, uh, people like to think of heaven as being some sort of endless party, right? It's it's like, a, you know, nonstop music and fun, just having a good old jolly time. And really, we don't see anything about that in the Bible whatsoever. It's really, again, that is pop culture. It's what people like to think of, you know, uh, they're having a good time here. Maybe they're having beach parties. They're, you know, uh, hanging out with the guys and all these different things. And they like to think, okay, well, that's what heaven's going to be like. Um, well, that's really not mentioned in the Bible whatsoever. That's not really the biblical heaven. That more so, so sounds like a, a relative heaven, which is like another, a popular, uh, belief. We, uh, people believe that, you know, heaven is relative to whatever that they love. You know, if, uh, for example, I love football. So heaven is a nonstop Super Bowl game or college football, you know, uh, you, whatever it might be, people like to think of, okay, that is heaven. If you like cars, then it's going to be just the, the ultimate garage. And, you know, with with uh, Shelby, uh, 1962 Shelbys, is it 1962? Whatever it is, 1960 Shelby Mustangs and all these different things. Whatever you're into, people like to think, okay, that's what heaven's going to be like. But again, that is not in the Bible. That is not biblical. Also, a lot, a lot of people like to think of it's going to be like this great family reunion as far as, you know, everyone's going to get back together with their friends and families. And, you know, um, really, the Bible doesn't even imply that either. In fact, uh, it seems like earthly ties are, if not irrelevant, they're just not very important in heaven. Um, I'm only basing this off of one really passage because it's not really uh, something that's gone into very deeply. But uh, in, in one particular passage, Matthew 22, the Sadducees, which were one of the uh, religious groups, one of the rulers of the day back when uh, uh, during Jesus's day, 
the really the, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were the two religious groups that were competing for control within Israel. And the Sadducees came up to him and they were trying to trip him up, see, you know, how smart he really is, how much he knows the scriptures and what have you. And they asked him a question as to, you know, a lady in particular in this passage, she had seven husbands. Each of her husbands keeps dying. So she remarries and that one dies and so forth and whatnot. By the seventh husband, uh, that husband dies and then finally she dies. So they ask Jesus, well, when she gets to heaven, who is her husband? You know, because obviously each of the seven husbands passed on before she did. And the answer that Jesus gives is almost like, you know, um, you're just going to be like the angels that are in heaven. And that's another reference that you're not going to be the angels. You're going to be like the angels. Right. And, you know, it's not a time for marrying. Right. And so, again, in that passage, it really is not really going into very deeply. But it seems like, you know, like that is really not the point of heaven. That is not what's going down. And in that passage, again, it's not something that is very elaborated on, but based on just the way Jesus answered, you know, it, it seems like, um, who's, uh, how, uh, whose husband or, or whose, uh, family ties you have, the friends that you had on earth is not the main focus of heaven. And of course, you know, you hear about like different, uh, religions and different sects. For example, um, a, a lot of, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, we saw in the news, especially during, um, 9-11 and all these different things, we kept hearing about the 40 virgins of these, uh, you know, these, the, these guys who sacrificed themselves for, for their religion, right? And a lot of that, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, although that is Islam, a lot of that belief sort of creeped its way over into Christianity where people like to think of, you know, having, having a bunch of virgins and all sorts of things. But really, again, that really appeals to the flesh and that is not very biblical because biblical, biblical heaven is really about God and it is a place without sin. But, you know, the 40 virgins and, and all the indulgences that the flesh could consume really does not line up with the Bible. But now we're going to take a look at what the actual Bible or the, the Bible says about heaven. Um, first of all, when you're speaking about heaven as to the Bible, you have to clarify which heaven they're speaking about. Because believe it or not, there are three heavens in the Bible. First heaven is the atmosphere. This is where the birds fly, where the rain comes from, and all those different things. Then the second heaven is uh, outer space. This is where the stars are, you know, the galaxies and all these different things that are out there. And then in, in uh, the place that we most refer to as heaven when we're speaking about it, is the place where God is. And in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, particularly verse 2, uh, this is referred to as the third heaven. And this is where God is. And really, th that's basically how you can describe this heaven. It is not a physical place because, you know, it's not like you pass through the first heaven, then you go to the second heaven, and then you go to the third heaven, which is one of those beliefs that was, uh, you know, in the olden days was, was thought of. But the heaven of the Bible is a spiritual place, right? It is not a physical place. Like you can't just uh, board a rocket ship and then go through the, the, the first two heavens and end up in the third heaven. That is not how it works. Um, according to uh, the Bible, just describing this place, the spiritual place where God is and currently also Jesus, uh, th this is going to be the place that we uh, as believers will go to spend eternity with God, right? In this place, there is no sin. There is no death. There is no pain, no suffering, no tears, as it is described in Revelation. This place is, you know, because there is no sin, it is, it is paradise, right? 
all the things that we suffer with uh, here on earth, um, it won't be there. And of course, uh, once we get to that point, we will be in what the Bible refers to as our resurrected bodies. So, you know, all these pains that I'm feeling in my knee and my back injuries that I had from playing football and all different things will not be there, right, in, in, in this heaven. And this is what we're speaking about when it is the biblical heaven. As I said, this is currently where uh, God is, and this is where Jesus is currently sitting, and this is where believers, saved people, Christians, whatever you want to call them, are going to spend eternity with God. And that is how it is described. All this other stuff about, you know, um, endless parties and all these different things, um, no, that's not in the Bible. If you read through Revelations, uh, Revelation, excuse me, no S at the end, uh, you will see the angels and, and all the saved people, countless people, hundreds and thousands, just numerable, in, innumerable amounts of, of, of beings praising and worshiping God. And everything is just, it's, it's just paradise. It is a wonderful place. And, you know, as far as all those things that uh, everyone likes to speak about in pop culture, mm, no, not so much. And it is not a relative heaven. It is according to what God sees as fit and holy and perfect. That's what heaven's about. And all of those people that are there in God's presence are forever grateful. They're, they, they're worshiping Jesus and, you know, they, they just know that is how they got there. And we know that is the next question is, well, how do you get to heaven? Well, simply put, John 14, 6, Jesus says he is the way, the life, and the truth. No man cometh to the Father but by him. So ultimately, Jesus is saying that if you want to go to heaven, you have to get there through him. So what does that mean? How do you come to Jesus and, and, and how do you get to heaven? Like, what does that exactly mean? Sure, Jesus says the only way to get there, the only way to get to the Father is through him. But how does that exactly happen? Now, that is one of those, uh, contentious places where depending on which denomination you're speaking to, um, you know, what flavor of Christianity, if you will, they'll tell you all sorts of different things. But the place that I like to go to, to, you know, just be specific, um, just, just straight to the point is, Acts 16, verse 31. And, okay, in this particular passage, all right, this is where Paul is, um, he, he's arrested, right? He's spreading the gospel. This is after his conversion, and he is in Philippi, and he is uh, imprisoned at this point right here. And, you know, what ends up happening is uh, there is a guardsman, a, a, a jailer that is watching over the cells, with, 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 with the prisoners. And there is a great earthquake that, uh, tears open the walls. And because of this, all the prisoners escaped except for Paul and his right hand man. They were spreading the gospel. And that, that is basically how they ended up in prison. So in this particular, um, passage, what ends up happening now is that this jailer, he, he awakens after the earthquake and realizes that all the prisoners are gone. And he is basically, he's in a panic. He knows this is his life. All the prisoners are gone and he knows he is going to be killed for it because, you know, it wasn't like, uh, these, these days when a, um, you know, a high ranking official does something wrong and just gets a little slap on the wrist or, you know, just goes on the news and says sorry a couple times and donates to a charity and all is forgotten. No. Back in these days, this was a death sentence. A jailer that was supposed to be watching these prisoners and they all escaped. Well, he was going to be killed. So what's he decide to do? He decides to fall on his own sword. And just before he commits suicide, Paul tells him to stop. 
And he says, do yourself no harm. And he explains that they are still there. And, you know, this jailer, the Philippian jailer, is absolutely shocked. Like, wow. Like, these Christians actually, these two guys stayed in prison when everyone else fled. And he asks him, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And, you know... Paul didn't give him like this beat around the bush and and says all these different things like he was just very straightforward and direct unlike today when you ask like different religions like what must you do it's always some long dissertation and and all these different things give to charity come to church and 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 just just the long list of laundry list of things to do and then they'll say well maybe after you do all those things if you're good then you could possibly get in but you won't know until you get there that is not the answer that Paul gives the Philippian jailer. Well, Acts 16, verse 31, he gives the answer. One verse, straightforward. It cannot be misunderstood, cannot be misinterpreted. However, for whatever reason, people still make it way more complicated than it is. Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So not you might be saved, you might possibly could maybe if then but no none of that he says believe on the lord jesus and thou shalt be saved thou shalt be saved is a definite not a maybe that is what's going to happen and you know if you think okay well maybe this and that no or you want something more clear the most famous bible verse in the whole world john 3:16 says what whosoever believeth right whosoever Anyone that believes shall be saved. You know, whosoever is a scientific term, if you will, that just means everybody. (laughs) Everybody that believes shall be saved. So how do you get to heaven? According to the Bible, according to Jesus, according to Paul, and according to all these different things throughout the New Testament, the Old Testament, even, it's through faith. So let's recap what we have so far. We have a heaven that does not look anything like pop culture. People do not become angels. They're completely different beings. And heaven is the place where God is. There's no death, suffering. There is no tears. Just everything is perfect. It is paradise. And who? The standard is set by God. Who says heaven is perfect? God says heaven is perfect. And who is it open to? Everyone that believes in Jesus Christ. Right? That is how you get there. He is the way, the life, and the truth. And ultimately, that does not line up with a lot of what we see, whether it be, again, in pop culture or different uh, denominations and different sects and all these different things that, that, that want to complicate the thing. But straightforward, what it says in the Bible, the Christian concept is believe, and that is how you get to heaven, and heaven is defined by God. What makes it perfect is because God says it is perfect. And, you know, there is no sin there. So, it, you know, as much as I would like to have a never-ending Super Bowl game, you know, and, and, and all the things that I like to enjoy, um, that is not how it is. It's not a relative heaven. But, you know, again, what do you think about this? And is am I oversimplifying it? Or, um, you know, have, have you read these things for yourself? Because I know... Uh, church, I grew up in church. They make it way more complicated than it is. Now, I, I, I am going, uh, fairly quickly and I did not go into a lot of elements that would be, you know, um, uh, individuals, you know, what they're going through in life and what have you that sets up all these things because, you know, ultimately faith, you know, people like to wash over it and make it seem like it is a light thing. But no, faith is a lot harder than doing, 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 doing. 
Like anyone can do, you know, I, I can stop eating meat. I can, let's say I can, uh, start going to the gym. I can do a lot of things. I can change my lifestyle, but it is not the same thing as changing what I believe. Once a man changes what he believes, you know, it, that is a, a, a different thing altogether because you, you can stand over someone and get them to do what you want them to do, but Having them have that desire to do that on their own is a completely different thing. So that's why faith is so important because faith is something that cannot be fake. Faith is something that cannot be forced. Faith is something that cannot be uh, coerced. You can't trick somebody into faith. You, it's, it's either you believe or you don't. It's, it's a genuine thing. It is like the, 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 the ultimate test, if you will, of, Christianity. It's do you believe it or do you not believe it, right? There is no in between. You can't sort of believe. And this is an analogy that I love to use is you can't be sort of pregnant and you can't sort of have faith, right? It's either you have faith or you don't have faith. So uh, I'm going in through this and, you know, if there's anything that you'd like me to clear up, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please let me know. BibleGumMedia at on Instagram. And, you know, if you f- feel free to DM me. Um, ask a question. Let me know um, what you think about the podcast, what you think about this episode, how it flows, um, any topics that you'd like me to dive into. And, you know, absolutely. I'm open to feedback. I'm open to um, suggestions. And of course, I would appreciate any reviews. Um, wherever you listen to this podcast, just leave a review um, and, and let me know what you think about it. So I look forward to seeing you in the next one. And absolutely, you know, I, wh- whatever you're hearing, and I just hope it encourages you to read the Bible for yourself. You get in there, you start to dig out some of these answers and really just uh, understand the Christian concepts. There's a lot of misconceptions because there's just so much out there and everyone has their own flavor. Everyone has their own spin on things. But ultimately, like I said, Christian concepts is based upon the Bible. So that's all I'm doing is sharing it with you. Hopefully that you can come to the faith on your own.